Okay, they, we're now looking into a, a new series um, of studies, and it's the Beatitudes, as, as Steve mentioned in his announcements at the end of the Remembrance. So we're looking at the Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at them one by one, and uh, seeing what we can get out of each of the blessings that are listed here, eight of them. And we're going to be looking at the first one, which is, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But I'd like to go back to the previous chapter, just as an introduction, really, just as to where the Lord Jesus uh, got to this point. This is very early in his, um, his teaching, very early in his three years of ministry before he went to the cross. And you read in chapter 4 and verse 17, at the previous chapter in Matthew, verse 17, that that time on Jesus began to preach. And what did Jesus preach? He preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then looking at the end of that chapter, up to verse 23, it says that Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news or the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain and demon-possessed and those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. And then large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, that's uh, just a, 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 a number of cities, there was 10 of them that, were, that formed that particular area. And Jerusalem, Judea, the region across the Jordan, and they followed him. And then it says in verse 5, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying and then he went through the different beatitudes as they're known as and it all starts with blessed happy content are those who and the one we're looking at the this morning is the poor in spirit because for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now i started off by saying that this jesus had already started to talk about the kingdom of heaven. I think we maybe just need to link it in a bit and think, well, why was the Lord at this point bringing this in uh, to his disciples? What the people of Israel had had, of course, from on <coughs> Mount Sinai were the commandments of God. And God had come down to a mountain and he had given Moses <coughs> the commandments sometimes known as the Ten Commandments, there were a lot more of them. And they were rules, and they were designed for the people of God. They were designed for a people who had chosen God to be their God, their king. And the, the people would be the people of God. And if they listened to God, if they abode by the commandments, then they would be a kingdom. They would be God's people. Now it became very obvious very soon 
that the people could not adhere to these commandments. They could not keep them. And of course, the whole history of Israel, as we know, uh, is that they were constantly falling aside, falling down in their attempts to attain the standards of God. That was the purposes of God, of course, was to try and just show that, that it wasn't possible. But here, we are moving into the new covenant era, and Jesus has come. And here he is now introducing uh, a set of rules, effectively. Um, <coughs> and he's introducing them to those who are his disciples. Those who have made the decision that they want to follow him. And those who are looking for the kingdom. What was the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? <coughs> It's sometimes confusing because in Matthew you read about the kingdom of heaven and then you read the same story in one of the other gospels and it's called the kingdom of God. Um, I don't want to go into that in too much detail other than that we just look at the, the, the thought of the kingdom. The kingdom being a, a, a rule of God in, on earth and in heaven. And our role is those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour, those of us who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, those of us who recognise who Jesus Christ is and was, the Son of the living God. Because that, if you remember, when the Lord Jesus said to his disciples a bit later than this, you know, who do men say that I am? And Peter stood up immediately and said, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. And the Lord Jesus' answer to that was, blessed are you Peter you're blessed you are happy you are content you've got it Peter because of what he said and it had come from his father in heaven not something that Peter had worked out for himself but something that Peter accepted through faith it came from the father it came from God and of course, it's exactly the same today. We receive from God the gospel. We, the gospel is the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to this earth as a man and he died for us. He bore our sins, he bore our punishment. And he, through him and our believing in him, which is in the package called the gospel, the good news that if you believe in him and you believe that he was raised from the dead and you believe he is now at the right hand of his father in heaven and we're waiting for his coming then you're blessed now this comes to the beatitudes and it's a, how do we conduct ourselves then as people who have accepted the gospel who believe in the lord jesus and we want to follow him because what the Lord is saying, or what the, the scriptures are telling us here, is that the, the Lord came with his disciples. He went, he saw the crowd, he saw the people who were following him. And mixed up in that lot were going to be people who wanted healing, obviously. But also, and maybe more importantly, there were a group of people, not just the twelve, but others who had a deep desire to learn from him because they knew who he was. 
wasn't just Peter that knew he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. There were others who were following him and they were drinking in his teaching. And so he took them to a mountain. He took them and he gathered them together and he began to teach them. Really, when I was just thinking about, <clears throat> about this, where do you come in on this? You know, where do you start to say, I understand and I want this? And of course, as I said, accepting Christ as our saviour and accepting the kingdom of heaven as something that is worth aiming for, to be part of and subjecting ourselves to that is something that comes in very early here. The Lord <coughs> taught it. John the Baptist prepared people for it. The Lord taught it immediately after he was, even when he was gathering his disciples together, he taught them that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. We today, surely when we appreciate what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us at Calvary, when we appreciate what we've been saved from, what could have happened to us if Jesus hadn't come? What could have happened to us if we hadn't accepted the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ bore our sins? If we hadn't done that and we were not able to enter into the kingdom, then where were we bound? And the scriptures teach us that we were lost and that we were going to what's known as a, a, a lost eternity. And it's a frightening thing, but Sometimes it's necessary for us to appreciate that in order to motivate ourselves in worship, to motivate ourselves as to why we worship, why we want to be in the presence of God, why we want to be obedient to him, and why we want to be part of his kingdom. Because being in part of his kingdom is that we subject ourselves to his rules, and we subject ourselves to uh, what he desires for us in the way that we live, the way we conduct ourselves. And therefore, what the Lord was opening up here is this blessedness, this happiness that we who have accepted Christ as our Saviour, he wants us to be happy. He wants us to d move the things of this world aside and to focus on the main points that he lists here. So when he, he, he said a bit later in Matthew 11 that he says, um, I am uh, gentle, I am humble in heart. So what we're looking at here is blessed are the poor in spirit. Now it's a very odd thing sometimes you know, to, to just take that at its face value and think, well, why would you want to be poor in spirit? Uh, does not the world teach it? that uh, self-assurance and self-ability is something we should strive after. And at school, you're, you're taught to learn, to understand, and to be able to stand on your own feet and to be promoting yourself so that you can get a good job and be powerful and be able to uh, attain whatever it is that you want to in your career, but to be self-assertive and to 
gain the things of this world. What this is saying is, hang on a minute, <laughs> step back from that. Not that education isn't important, of course it is. Not that uh, achieving as much as you can or you've got the ability for is not something that you should aim for. I'm not even, it's not even saying that, but it's your, it's your heart. It's what's in your heart and why you're doing it. And are you doing it for the Lord? So the poor in spirit has got to be linked into the person of Christ because he promoted himself by saying, I am gentle. I am humble in heart. I want to go back to a, a, an Old Testament verse which is very strongly linked with this. It's in uh, the, the last chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah 66. And it's, it's the words of the Lord, which he says uh, in verse, verse 2, the, the second part of verse 2. He says, this is the one I esteem. In other words, this is who God is saying. This is the type of person that I am looking at and that I raise up, that I think greatly of. This is whom I esteem. He, or, or the person, she, he or she, who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. This is the mind of God speaking here, and he's speaking to each one of us. This is what he wants of us as a people who follow him in his kingdom, is that he wants us, he wants us to be humble, the same as Jesus was humble. He wants us to be contrite or to be poor in spirit. And that is not constantly promoting ourselves. But the idea, and I'd like to really promote this as a, as a main theme of this little blessedness, is the importance of being Christ-like because that's what God wanted in a human, in his people that follow him. And he saw it per perfectly in the person of Christ. And, the, and that's why the Lord Jesus was able to, to say, I am gentle, I am humble. I am humble in heart. And that is something that, although we accept Christ as our Saviour and, and, and although it's through faith, there is a necessity in us to um, act and submit ourselves to the will of God in our life. So that once we have separated ourselves from the world, once we are so grateful for our eternal salvation, then we focus ourselves on the person of Christ and all his humility. He came as the son of man. He was God. He could do anything. He could call on 12 legions of angels if he wanted. But he came purely to do the will of his father. What was the will of his father? We all know that. The will was to die, to bear our sins. And 
whilst he didn't have to, it was all through love. And so when we come here, Jesus gathering these people, these disciples, on the hill on the mountainside, and he opens up to them, and he's opening up to a people who have followed him. He's opening up to a people who want to be in his kingdom. He's opening up to a people who love him and they're drinking it in. Okay, not, not everybody, and it's the same today, not everybody thinks like that. And the, the importance of the kingdom of heaven is really an assertion of your heart. Are you prepared to submit yourself to the king? Are you prepared to study the word of God and to find out what his desire is for you in your life as a disciple? It's not sufficient purely just to say, thank you for dying for me, now I'll go off and live my life the way I feel like it. That's not what is being taught here. And he's, he's, t he's doing it in a gentle way because it's the blessed that comes out so strongly. If you want to be happy, if you want to be content, if you want to be full of the peace of God, then you really have to get your heart right. And that is appreciating what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And then focusing on how did Jesus Christ live? And what did Jesus do? And Jesus taught immediately that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is why he wants us. He wants us to be his people. He wants us to submit to his laws, his rules. He wants us to be like Christ. He wants us to do the will, his will. And so he starts off by saying, you will be blessed. You want to be happy Christians, right? So what's the first thing? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And that is where you humble yourself like Christ. And you're seeking not for yourself. You're not seeking to improve yourself. You're not trying to elevate yourself. You're not trying to promote that you are the best at this or you're good at this and whatever, but you are somebody who is humble and you are constantly looking at Christ and you're constantly aware of the guiding hand of God in your life. And if God wants you to be Prime Minister, <laughs> then you'll be that. And not because you, as the world would have it, you're up there to say, telling people how good you are and vote for me because I'm the best. But you would w want to be coming in and saying to the Lord, where, what do you want me to do? How high do you want me to get in this world? Do you want me to be a doorkeeper? Or do you want me to be a brain surgeon? And to be able in all humility and subject to him to say well it's your leading it's your guiding if you've given me the mind to do great things I'll do them but if it's your will for me to be a doorkeeper I'll do that as well and I'll do it to your glory that's what a poor in spirit I think is the Lord Jesus when he came in there were people did flock to him but they were flocking to a man who was exuding humility he was not shouting how great he was but he was showing that he had come from somewhere he had come from God and he had a purpose 
and he was drawing people to him because of his humility. When you see him dying on the cross at Calvary, the world, <coughs> or the Roman Empire at that time, and the, the leaders of the Jews were laughing and mocking and thinking, what an idiot. This is a person who was going to change the world. And look at him. We've, we're going to kill him. If you look at it through those eyes and you think through the world's eyes, then it's just a laugh, it's a joke. And it's the same when we, we, we strive for the things of this world. They are only temporary because we will leave this world with the same things that we come into this world with and that's absolutely nothing. And it doesn't matter really what you've achieved of this world. It's the things that matter and the things that are determined through fire by that I mean it's not the wood, hay and stubble which is the things of this world that the fire comes in, burns up and then what have you got left? Nothing. It's the precious things of God which is the, the jewels, the gold and the silver and the precious stones, the things that last that when the fire comes on them and they, they, they do not burn up and we present ourselves before the Lord as a good and faithful servant, somebody who is poor in spirit, who has been blessed and who has been content, content in this world to be used by God and to be Christ-like and to go wherever God decrees and determines. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are the people who God wants. They're the ones he wants to gather together in his kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is where God rules and where his thoughts matter. And that is exactly what this is all about. Is that in our hearts we submit, sub subject ourselves to the will of God in all humility. And that's the person that God's looking for. That's the person he will raise up in his power and he will use for him. And so when we stand before the Lord one day, as each one of us will, and we give an account, then we should desire to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because to fill that in, it would be because I subjected myself to your will whatever that was. And if it was, as I said, a doorkeeper, so what? If that's what God's asking you to do, then you will be greatly honoured, maybe far, far more than the person who had a more prominent position and was, whose name was more revered because it's what God thinks that matters, not what man thinks, and it's him that we surely seek to serve. So I'll, I'll leave it there, um, it, just as an opening um, to take away uh, the thought of us being poor in spirit is something that God esteems. So don't mock it. It's, we should never be uh, embarrassed by the fact that we are maybe not great in this world. We should be looking to being available to God, to be used by him in whatever he deems. And there's 
millions of people, little people, <laughs> I call them, who have, are going to stand before the Lord one day <coughs> and they will be exalted because they subjected themselves to his will. And the ones that we think will be exalted, they will be lowered. It's the scriptures tell us that. And the kingdom of heaven, then I just leave with you the thought of the importance of the kingdom of God, this, the importance to God to be a people subject to his rule in order to claim to be in his kingdom is a tremendous honour. It's a tremendous privilege. And it's something that we should, again, not be hiding, not be uh, afraid of, and not be embarrassed about. We are doing what the, great, the greatest man that's ever lived in this earth showed us in his life that his father who is the great God of heaven that's what he wants the gathering of a people that he can call his own that will follow his love follow his laws and follow his, the example of Christ in order that we might be blessed a happy people shall we pray